Do you need a new or optimized website for your indoor playground or soft play rental business? Well, we now have a team of professional web designers ready to help you bring your vision to life. Our designs marry your aesthetic with what's been proven to work time and time again in this industry. And since we only work with play-based business owners, we have designing high converting websites that can be a complete game changer for your revenue and income down to a science. And we make it really affordable. Head to the show notes for example sites and pricing information. And yes, you can get the professional yet beautiful website of your dreams on the website platform of your choice for less than $800. You can even book a free call with our web design team if you have questions or want to talk about your specific needs. If you want us to, we'll even do all of your tech setup and software integrations so you don't have to lift a finger. We look forward to helping you convert your vision into reality and in turn, convert more browsers into buyers. Head to the show notes for all of our web design information. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, happy Wednesday. So before we dive right into this episode and I give you some ideas of how you can give back to your community and make an impact on the causes you care about, even when you're a little tight on cash, I wanted to mention a couple quick things, a few housekeeping items, if you will. So number one, for the next two weeks, so August 21st through September 4th, I'm not going to be publishing any new podcast episodes on this feed. I'm going to be vacationing in South Carolina. It's my birthday. I'm going to be getting my kiddos ready for school in September. We just have a lot going on. And I always like to take a couple weeks at the end of the summer to kind of regroup, reset, relax a little bit, and also batch record and prep as many episodes as possible. Because I'm sure you know, if you have younger kiddos, fall and the holiday times get really crazy. So I like to take this time to kind of reset before all this craziness happens so I don't have to take multiple breaks throughout the year. So I really appreciate your patience over the next two weeks, but that doesn't mean I'm going to leave you hanging. So first of all, on YouTube, I am going to be publishing new content over the next two weeks. So if you haven't subscribed over there yet, or if you're not quite caught up, the link to my YouTube channel is in the show notes. The channel is called Play Cafe Academy. So I am going to be releasing new videos even while I'm on this little podcasting hiatus. And if you haven't caught up there yet, there are hundreds of videos on topics that I've never covered on this podcast. A lot of people have this misconception that I just simply repurpose my YouTube videos for the podcast and vice versa. And while there is a tiny bit of that, especially when there's a topic or an interview I think is really important and I want to make sure everybody sees it. There are so many topics and videos that are really more visual that I prefer to keep on YouTube because I just don't feel like I can do them justice in an audio only format like a podcast. So I share some of my favorite websites. I share some of my favorite play structures. I give tours, vlogs, day in the life videos, 
all that good stuff. So again, head to the Play Cafe Academy YouTube channel if you just can't wait for new new content to get released in early September. Also, I'm not going to leave you hanging on this podcast feed either. So even though I'm not going to be publishing brand new episodes, I did go through my archives and I handpicked six episodes that I think are some of the most practical, valuable, and actionable episodes I've ever published. And these six episodes in particular are from like the early, early days, and they just don't get as many listens or as much love as I think they deserve. But I get it. There's over 225 episodes here now. It can be really daunting to go all the way back to the beginning and binge. So again, I handpicked six of my favorite episodes and I'm going to pop them right to the top of your feed over the next few weeks so that you can either get a refresher if you've listened to them already, because it's probably been about two years now since you've listened to these episodes. Maybe you have a different perspective now, or maybe you pick up a few different things from those episodes, or maybe you're a new listener and you just haven't had a chance to go all the way back to the beginning yet. Either way, there are going to be replays that are popping up in your feed over the next few weeks while I'm on a break, but I really appreciate your patience and I really appreciate this chance to kind of reset and regroup so that I can keep providing the best content for you on this feed. The last thing I wanted to mention before we dive in is that if you find this episode or any of my content helpful, the best way to say thank you or support me or the show is to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. I appreciate it so, so much. All right, I think that's all the housekeeping items I had. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. So one of the things that I absolutely love about working with indoor playground and play cafe owners is that for the most part, their intentions with their business are truly genuine and are geared towards the greater good. Sure, owners, of course, want to be compensated for their hard work. They want to recoup their startup costs. And they want their businesses to provide a reliable income so they can support themselves and their families and continue operating. But the majority of owners, the overwhelming majority, also truly genuinely care about bettering their community and creating a space where families feel safe and where young minds are nurtured. Because of the compassionate nature of many owners in our industry, Giving back to our communities above and beyond what we already provide in our facilities is often made a priority or a main cornerstone of the business. And that is a good thing. I am not here trying to dissuade you from that mission. I truly do believe that as business owners, especially local brick and mortar business owners, it is our responsibility to embrace philanthropy whenever possible and to share our resources, time, and gifts with those that have less than we do. However, I've absolutely seen cases where owners become a bit too generous and say yes to way too many donation requests and sponsorship opportunities to the point where it actually depletes their own business resources and energy to the point where all of a sudden they can barely fulfill their main mission with their brick and mortar space, providing an indoor playground facility. I remember back when I owned my indoor playground location, it felt like I was getting donation requests every single day, sometimes multiple times per day. And even though we as business owners often want to say yes, every chance we get to give back, the reality is that we don't live in a perfect world. 
So in order to have a sustainable and profitable business and keep fulfilling our mission, we just cannot say yes to every single request. It's just not possible. There is a true capacity on the amount we can give back. In episode 128, I gave you four questions to ask yourself whenever you get one of these donation requests to kind of help you filter out which of these requests both align with your own mission and values and also allow you to have the biggest impact on whatever cause you're being asked to support. I'm not going to go into detail here, but to summarize that episode, those four questions were, number one, do the organization's values align with your own? For example, if one of your main initiatives and priorities in your business and it's in your business plan is to be sustainable, does this organization further that cause that you're so passionate about, maybe in a different way that you're not able to? Number two, does the organization cater to your ideal customer avatar? And by that, I mean, does it serve the same general community that you serve? So for me, it would have been parents of young children. So that there's a mutual benefit in combining forces. Number three, can the organization provide a receipt of donation? Are they actually a nonprofit? And this will be important in a minute. And then number four, can you decide what to give as a donation? So for example, I always prefer to give packs of play passes or a couple months of membership whenever possible, since those were high profit margin items for us. Unlike gift cards, which can be used for retail items or classes, things that are much lower profit margin for us. So we would have a real cost associated with making that donation. So I would take the pack of play passes or a membership and I would jazz it up with some merch or a mug or something like that to make it look a little bit more visually appealing, maybe for a silent raffle or something like that. For me, if an organization will only take a cash gift or gift card donation, it makes it much harder to contribute a large amount as a small business. By allowing me to give packs of play passes and memberships, I'm able to give to many more organizations and support many more local causes. So again, that's what I preferred. And that was one of the things that always made me say yes, if they were very open to allowing me to give what I felt most comfortable with. And in that episode, episode 128, I shared one tip that I wanted to reiterate here as well. You will want to keep all of your donations, whether cash or in the form of service or product donations, you want to keep them organized with receipts, either in QuickBooks or a Google Sheet or an Excel spreadsheet, so that the amount donated can go against your taxable income and profit for the year. So let's say you made a profit of $10,000 at the end of the year after paying yourself. Now, I'm not an accountant, so be sure to double check this. But typically, if you make donations for the year, let's say totaling $2,000, that reduces the amount of that $10,000 profit that you're able to be taxed on by $2,000. So now you're only going to be taxed on $8,000 of that. So when it comes to lessening your tax burden, this can really add up in savings for you all while allowing you to support the causes, like I said, that you care about. But today, I don't want to talk about cash donations. Not because I already covered that in episode 128, but also because there are so many ways that we can give back and make an impact on our communities that do not need to necessarily involve straight up monetary donations. 
which can be difficult for small local businesses, especially in their first few years in business, and especially with the economy the way it is. Many of us are also in the midst of our slow season, and with the holidays pretty much right around the corner, potentially putting an additional strain on your resources because you got to place all those pre-holiday orders, I wanted to give you some ideas of how you can do just that. Better your community and contribute to causes that mean a lot to you without having to make a pure cash donation. And I also wanted to share some examples of play spaces doing this really well. And of course, I'll be sure to shout them out so you can follow their socials and see their good work in action. Number one, volunteering time and space. So one of the most valuable assets you possess as an indoor playground owner is your physical space. So consider hosting charity events or community gatherings free of charge, maybe after hours. This can greatly help local organizations that struggle to find affordable venues for their events. So for example, we used to allow our local chapter of La Leche League, which is a breastfeeding support group for moms, we used to to allow them to host their monthly meetups in our space. Now we did have a couple stipulations for this. We did make sure to be very specific that the play area would be closed and that the space would not be staffed. And I found that any of these organizations that you're working with and providing your space for free, for the most part, they tend to be very appreciative and very respectful of your space. So I developed a relationship with the chapter president and I said, listen, I do not mind you using our space for your event. However, please just leave it as you left it. So if they move chairs, if they move tables, anything like that, they were always sure to move everything back. Again, I've had great experiences, not just with this organization, but with many others that we also donated our space to. And because we weren't making money during this event, I chose not to staff it. And I had a newborn at home, so sometimes I would attend the meeting, sometimes I wouldn't. So I would generally go unlock the space and then lock it back up at the conclusion. And again, just make sure that everything was in fact left as is. And we were ready to open for open play for the next day because nobody wants a surprise when they walk in the next morning and found that a group or something like that like trashed the space the night before. So I did go in and unlock it and then relock it. But of course, you can outsource this task to a team member or you can give a key, anything like that. Of course, be careful with that. But volunteering time and space can be extremely valuable to these organizations. Just make sure that these organizations also align with your vision and kind of check all those boxes that we went over just a moment ago to have the maximum impact for both parties. All right, number two, encouraging skill development. So your playground can double up as an informal learning center. You can host workshops for kids to learn new skills, engage in arts and crafts, or offer educational classes. I'm sure you guys have seen at Home Depot, they do like once a month, kids learn woodworking and other skills like that. I've seen places offer kids self-defense classes, all that good stuff. So there are so many opportunities here. And while you likely, of course, already have classes and special events on your regular calendar with tickets to purchase, you can also partner with a local nonprofit or charitable organization so that you can use your space to further their mission while also leaning on them and their expertise for the actual event. And you can make the event free to attend. So again, in this case, maybe they're going to bring the supplies and they're going to supply the teacher. So Those are now costs that you don't have to absorb yourself. So maybe that makes you willing to 
offer your space for the event for free in exchange for getting all of the people that are maybe drawn to their mission that are reached out to by the organization in your space, maybe for the first time that could result in a lot of new customers, a lot of new smiling faces in the door. Another example is you can partner with an organization to offer free CPR classes for parents or babysitting classes or Red Cross certification. You can do baby wearing or breastfeeding classes, or you can allow a doula to use your space. Of course, if they're not a nonprofit organization, you might want to charge rent. Again, this is a very specific circumstance, but by offering these free classes, you're promoting an attitude of continuous learning and crucial skills for both children and adults in your community. All right, number three, mentorship. With your experience as a business owner, you have a wealth of knowledge to share, even if you're new. Offering mentoring sessions or shadowing sessions for young entrepreneurs, school students, or even other community members can go a long way in fostering growth and ambition. And who knows, you might learn something as well. In episode 37 of this podcast, I talk all about putting a successful and legal internship program together, but there are other options available to you as well. So for example, Sweet Peas Play Cafe in Kokomo, Indiana recently hosted her local Kokomo CEO group and Christine, the owner, donated her time, space, and expertise to help budding entrepreneurs in her community. Now for us, we went about this a little bit differently and we had a budding entrepreneur camp. Now we did charge for this, right? I'm not saying that every single thing on this list has to be done completely for free, but we accepted kids anywhere from age eight all the way to age 13. And while we didn't allow them to play in our play area, I had them sit down with myself and our manager and they really shadowed us. They got to see what we did each day. They got to see the behind the scenes inner workings of what a brick and mortar business owner was like. And it was really great. And they put together some projects at the end. And again, we learned a lot along the way as well. They had some really great ideas of how we could further expand our business and better serve our customers. So that budding entrepreneur camp was really fun. I've also shared on my YouTube channel how some businesses such as Explore and More Children's Museum and Sweet Charlotte's Preschool and Indoor Playground and Party Center are utilizing volunteers as well as paid workers from various organizations that support and train workers with disabilities like autism, Down syndrome, and cerebral palsy, just to name a few. So these individuals from the organization can have their own roles in your space and learn valuable job, interpersonals, and life skills all while also earning an income in a way that suits their specific strengths and personalities. So if you would love to hire people with disabilities, you might want to partner with an organization that is skilled in doing so, so that you don't have to take all of that on by yourself, especially if you're new, because I can get it. It can be very intimidating. All right. Number four, donating equipment and goods. You can consider donating used or excess playground equipment or toys to schools, community centers, or charities that could benefit from them. So for example, we set up a partnership with a domestic violence shelter in our area that often housed abused women and children, many of whom came to them with only the clothing on their backs. Since we were always replacing toys and refreshing our space, I made it a point to drop off whatever books and toys we had left over after the refresh directly to them, and they appreciated it so much. 
And sure, we could have donated them to Goodwill, but I really wanted these items going directly into the hands of families and kids who desperately needed them in that moment as soon as possible. And they were also really good about giving us a receipt for the value of those items. So again, we could keep them for our tax records later on. You can also set up a donation drive among your customers to collect toys, books, or other useful items for those in need. In episode 121, I shared how every year we would host a community baby shower. So basically, we would throw a special event and decorate our facility as if it were just a normal baby shower for a guest. And we would inevitably book some baby showers in the process. That was just a nice little aside. And admission to this event, it it included open play, it included coffee and snacks, things like that. Admission to the event was a donation of unopened diapers, wipes, or formula. And this was such a success every year. And it allowed us to make one large donation to that same domestic violence shelter where we also donated the toys and books to. So it really helped to have that partnership with them because they told us exactly what they needed and when. So we were able to adapt our community baby shower every single year to ensure that we were giving them what they actually needed. And while I would have loved to be able to accept these donations year round, we just did not have the space for it whatsoever. However, I have seen the Nest Play Cafe in New Hampshire do exactly that really well. They have a blessing corner where parents can donate baby or child items or take from it as needed. And I love that the owner has kind of a no questions asked attitude about it because she understands that there should never be any shame or guilt for anyone needing a little extra help at times. Even if you just forgot extra diapers at home and your little one just had a blowout in the bathroom. So I love how she does her blessing corner. Definitely go follow her on Instagram. She does a really good job. All right. Number six, non-monetary sponsorship. So similar to the suggestions above, instead of direct monetary donations to sports leagues or other organizations, you can consider sponsoring them with play equipment, refreshments, help with activities, or your indoor playground for their events or celebrations. So for example, if you have a local organization and you're not able to host their events for whatever reason, maybe they conflict with your open hours or your party hours, you can offer to donate coffee or Maybe if it's an organization where parents come, but they need child minding, maybe you can go and watch the kiddos or do a craft or activity or something like that, or have one of your team members do that. Again, there are many different options here that don't necessarily need to involve cash. All right. Number seven, awareness programs. You can use your playground as a platform to spread awareness about various social issues. You can organize themed events around causes like environmental conservation, inclusivity, or health and fitness. So for example, Little Village Play Cafe in Wisconsin recently hosted an awareness event around dental care with a local dentist. These events can bring in new customers for both the playground and the dentist. And as I said, it can spread awareness around important issues in a family-friendly way and in a kid-friendly environment. Now, of course, dental care doesn't really constitute a social issue, but again, you get what I mean. Number eight, inclusive play sessions. So as I talk about in my series, beginning at episode 93 of this podcast, where I talk about better accommodating autistic kids and adults, you can choose to host special play sessions for children or families 
with special needs or from underprivileged backgrounds. A few hours of joy and fun can make a significant difference in their lives, and it can foster a sense of inclusivity and belonging. And while I think, as I mentioned in that episode, some businesses kind of swing and miss with sensory-friendly hours and events due to reasons I discuss in that series, this can be a great opportunity to support families in your area who may need it the most. And I've also seen facilities do a pay-it-forward initiative. So when you buy a coffee, you can also buy a coffee for maybe someone that's having a bad day or someone that can't afford it. And the same with play sessions or event passes, you can kind of pay it forward like you would in a coffee drive-through. You can say, hey, you know, I want to pay for the person behind me. But instead, you can say, hey, I'd like to purchase a play pass maybe for someone in need or something like that. All right, number nine, collaborations with nonprofits. So you can partner with nonprofit organizations for various events or programs. This could be anything from a literacy program to a fitness campaign. Again, this is kind of stuff we already covered, but these collaborations help to increase the reach and impact of these organizations, and they can further your reach as well if they're sharing what you're doing to help their cause. And while we already talked about donating your space, your expertise, your services, and equipment, there are other ways to collaborate as well. So for example, Polka Dots Play Cafe did something really interesting recently. So she partnered with a local nonprofit whose mission aligned with her own. And instead of giving coffee clubs cups with plain sleeves like she was doing, she instead asked the organization to provide her with sleeves that save her cafe money while also sharing more about the organization. You can follow Polka Dots Play Cafe on Instagram to see this for yourself. But every coffee sleeve has a QR code that customers can scan to learn more, follow the organization on social media, or make a donation or contribution if they choose. All right, number 10, and this is the last one, green initiatives. So you can promote sustainability in your business by implementing green practices, such as recycling programs, reducing energy usage, using recycled materials, and talking often about why that matters or even educating visitors about the importance of conservation, either with if it's you know through special events or signage or anything like that. So to sum this one up, being charitable isn't always about donating money. It's about making a genuine difference in the community that supports your business. By giving back in these non-monetary ways, you as an indoor playground owner can build stronger community ties, enhance your brand image, and foster an environment of positivity and generosity for the next generation coming into your space. So start today. That's your play of the day. And discover the profound joy and satisfaction that comes from giving back, which I'm so sure you're already aware of. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, your play of the day is to choose one example that I gave today and work on implementing it as soon as possible. And if you have any questions or if you have any other ideas to give back in a non-monetary way, I would absolutely love to hear about it. There's nothing more I love about being a brick and mortar business owner than being able to make a genuine impact in my community. It makes me so proud. It makes my kids proud. It cements a legacy. It is just so amazing all around. And I love seeing all the smiling faces that these contributions bring. 
All right, please feel free to follow me on Instagram. Send me a message there. Again, if you have any suggestions or if you have a topic or a question that you'd like me to cover on this podcast, I would love to make sure that I'm creating content that you care about. All right, have a great day, Playmakers. I will see you Friday. And just a reminder, that's gonna be our last new episode for the next two weeks. But I am still going to be dropping some of my favorite all-time episodes in your feed over the next two weeks. Episodes that I just feel like don't get enough listens or enough love. So this is the perfect time to catch up on episodes if you have a backlog that you haven't binged yet. All right, see you Friday. Bye.